buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, what's happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I've got a fantastic guest. We've just been sitting here chopping it up for a long time, forgot to hit record and been having a ton of fun. I have Kevin Hopp. He's a cold calling evangelist. And we're going to jump in. You're going to learn a little bit about his story. And then we're going to talk nothing but tactical outbound sales so that you can up your sales game. Sales hustlers, Kevin, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, Con. Yeah, yeah, man. All right. So tell us how you got into sales and a little bit about your story and keep it short because we want to keep it as tactical as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, let's open page one of a thousand page book here and start reading slowly. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so I, I've been in sales for going on six years here. Um, I got into sales just because my first job out of college, I was working at a startup. I was the only employee. I was the first employee at a siege stage startup. So I had to do like everything, right? And if you do mm-hmm. everything, you start to think about like, well, can I go do this job again somewhere else? And it's like kind of not really the, you know, jack of all trades, the king of none, right? That's the classic mm-hmm. mistake that a lot of young people make is they become a jack of all trades. Uh, but the longer you go being a jack of all trades, you need to go like found a company or something, but you can't go make a lot of money um in any one given role so i i you know thought about it and was like well what am i going to make the most money doing that i'm actually good at Mm. and it was sales so i got an sdr job at a different tech startup um after that first startup went under and then uh rode the wave there like i think every salesperson should work for a SaaS uh startup at some point that raises venture capital because, oh boy, it's a really fun experience, right? Like seeing your uh, CEO's like eyes get all bloodshot after he walks out of a board meeting where it's like, we need to triple sales overnight. We're gonna spend $2 million at Dreamforce this year. We're gonna dominate the market. And like, <laughs> man, we, they brought in a sales consultant guy that kind of changed my life and taught me how to really cold call. And, and that was like, uh, you know, like at any boiler room you've ever seen. We, we had a boiler room. No chairs allowed in the sales pit. Everyone had to stand up nice. and make 150 dials a day. If you didn't have 20 live conversations with prospects that were verifiable through Salesforce, you had to stay late and call Australia. So you'd stay until 7 o'clock at night calling Ooh, Australia. Oh, that sounds brutal. 
Oh, dude, that's I, I was I was forged in a pit of fire. That's what I like to say about like my sales career. So uh, so so tell me a little bit about that experience, right? Because some people thrive in that type of environment and others are like, this is horrible. This is abuse. Like yeah. I'm out of here. So 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 did you rise to the occasion and thrive in there or did you like I got to get yeah. the hell out of here? I, I dominated. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And it's because I, I, you know, like all the the stupid things they say about salespeople, I'm ultra competitive. Anyone that knows me will tell you that I'm super competitive. I'm athletic. I, I played high school football. Uh, I'm aggressive by nature. Um, all that stuff plays into who you have to be if you're going to thrive in like a like a, you know, doggy dog sales pit type area like this consultant came in and taped a hundred dollar bill up on the wall and said the first person to book a meeting today gets that you know shit like that so we're all like oh my god you know pounding our laptop (laughs) falling as fast as we can like smashing the numbers on the phone and this was no technology this was literally all i had was a macbook air and a uh voip phone and that was it so we had to smash numbers to get there i did really well um I ended up uh, getting let go from that company for other reasons, but hey, um, you know, salespeople get let go. This turnover is is uh, turnover is real. And the longer I get in my career, the, the longer I'm I'm able to hang on to these roles. But I I'm also one of these people that learns things the hard way. All right. right so tell me some of the, t- tell me some of the main takeaways, like things that you learned in in that environment that still stick with you today. Well, there's no there's no substitute for raw hustle, right? There's no substitute mm. for raw hustle. Number one, number two, um, the things that you dread the most about your job are probably the things you should get the best at, right? And that's yeah. kind of where I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment, and that's kind of where I've turned into this cold calling king, whatever you want to call me, evangelist. Yeah. Or my nightmare is that people see my LinkedIn headline and think like, oh, that's good, he's spreading the good good news of Jesus Christ. He's an evangelist. I'm like, oh, no, you know, I, I, it's not it's not a religious thing. I'm evangelical about the fact that everybody should be cool calling and it doesn't yeah. have to suck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I agree. And, and, you know, like when you see these gurus or sales coaches are like, never make a cold call again. I'm like, why? That that sounds like torture. Like, why would you want to take that away? Like it, it, if you can get good at it, do it consistently and have fun, why would you not want to do it? And it's the most efficient, most effective way to reach the most people and mm-hmm. build relationships, which is all about what you need to do to drive sales. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the idea that like cold calling is dead, um, does every single person have a phone within two feet of them at all times? Yes, right? Yeah, sure, I'll add you on LinkedIn and send you a DM, you're not gonna respond. Sure, I'll like the tweets you sent, but like for any SDRs listening to this, every one of your buyers has one of these within three feet of them right now. I promise. If not two. If not two. If it's not actually in their hand, it might be in their hand. <laughs> so buzz that thing, man. Like that's that's the way to do it. Um, so fast forward. Uh, now um, I, uh, I'm i helping grow a firm called Sales Gig, and we do fractional outbound sales development. So not only am I a huge advocate for, um, you know, teaching outbound sales and teaching cold calling and uh, thinking that people should be doing it more and often, I'm a practitioner, right? And yeah. I consider myself kind of the best kind of leader. I lead from the front. I have a team of eight full-time dialers. 
uh, full-time SDRs that, that hit anywhere from four to 600 calls a day. They're talking to 30 to 50 brand new cold prospects every day. It, we call them conversationalists because that's all my guys do. They don't mm -hmm. spend time researching. They don't spend time futzing around on LinkedIn or writing emails, really. They spend their time talking to people about business problems and valuable solutions. And that's how we deliver value for our, our growing client base. But right. I also, so, tell, so tell me how, w tell me how, when they get a live person on the phone, how are they standing out of what's making them different to be successful? Yeah, absolutely. Great, great, great question. You know, part of the, part of the secret sauce is not so secret, which is you have to understand who you're calling and what they might potentially care about or what might potentially be an issue for them. Right. At the end of the day, know this every every person every salesperson listening right now before you pick up that phone to make that cold call they're probably not interested and they have a solution in place today so if you know that and we're comfortable with that before we pick up the phone when they say yeah you know i, I got a system that does that right now thanks kevin thanks for the call oh no colin that's actually the reason i was calling you we know you have a solution in place today and we would like to show you how ours is different. And when people like you in your role as a VP of sales, as an owner, have sat down with us, they've been able to gain the following advantages, right? So having a complete plan and not being surprised, I call it knowing your universe, right? Mm -hmm. A lot so, of reps. All right. So, but does it yeah. start with the list? Let's talk about the list. Let's talk about the list. Because oh, yeah. knowing who you're calling, knowing that they're not interested, knowing that you're interrupting their day, knowing that they already have a solution, that's great. You overcome that, right? Mm -hmm. But how do you make sure you're calling the right people to maximize the amount of conversations that you get to have on a daily basis? That's a really good question. So it does start with the list, right? And list building is something I am fanatical about. And I constantly talk about the quality of data. Because at the end of the day, SDRs can't pull blood from a stone. I give you a list ripped from Zoom Info of a thousand IT decision makers. It's going to be like thirty-five to forty percent garbage. Either the emails mm -hmm. are going to bounce, either the phone numbers don't connect, change titles. The the rate of data decay is only getting more aggressive because now, guess what? You don't have to like the IT manager that worked at a company in Houston, Texas, can now be an IT manager for a company that's in Minnesota. Because with COVID, everybody's working from home. You don't have to live in the city where your business is anymore. So we are finding in our business right now, because we talk to a lot of people, data decay is crazy. Like someone yeah. you verified on LinkedIn working there two weeks ago doesn't work there anymore. So so if, if we're gonna start from like square zero, like you know, square one, how do I how do I build a list to figure out who I wanna talk to to figure out who I can get into my sales pipeline? The first thing I would do if I'm a new SDR or a new sales rep in a territory is look at your most successful customers, right? And it's a different question if we're talking about like a pre-seed stage startup, that like the whole you know market research thing you kind of need to do and test multiple verticals and all that if you're like pre-seed or pre-A. But if you're post-A or if you're walking into a role where people have had success in the past, yep. don't reinvent the wheel, right? Like figure out who the decision makers were involved in these deals by checking out the CRM, talking to the veteran reps. Your VP of sales should supply things like this. Your sales manager should supply things like this. And then going and getting these people's current information. Now, the the part that sucks that I'm just going to be honest with here takes time. It takes time and it takes money if you're going to do it right. 
Um, and okay. this is where it's going to be difficult for a lot of people probably that, that are going to see and hear this. It's like, well, my sales manager won't invest in any tools, right? Or we only have Zoom Info or we only have Lead IQ, right? Um, as much as I think uh, like Brandon Bornanson, the whole seamless I, I, uh, seamless.ai thing is kind of crazy because he's trying to become like Gary V. I don't know if you guys, if you know Brandon Bornanson, but like, yeah. He, he's kind of wackadoodle, but his company gives away free leads. So yeah. every person here listening to this, go make a seamless profile. You get like 100 free cell phone numbers a month. Yeah. Uh, Read IQ gives you like 10 free ones. Lucia gives you 15 free credits. There's ways to find this contact information. Um, and LinkedIn, of course, is the greatest database in the world. Like go to, go to LinkedIn, find these people, build a spreadsheet of all of them with LinkedIn in it. And uh, cross your fingers that you can prove a case to your boss that you need to pay to go get their contact information. At So, for instance, at SalesGig, I'm not going to talk in depth about how we do data, but we don't trust one source. Right. Absolutely not. We, we trust. We spread our risk across. So what? just tell me, what does that look like? So without naming sources, without like giving away your secret sauce or whatever yeah, the yeah. case is of why you're protecting your process, yeah, um, yeah. one source is not going to be the solution. We get that. So are you running a list, cross-checking it against other sources? What is that like? Just map that out. Yeah. So, I mean – Let's let's take it let's take it this way. If you go to just Zoom Info, just big database, because yeah. I, I look at it in terms of there's big databases that are big aggregators, basically. Yep. The niche ones, right? There's ones that focus on certain things. And there's a lot of new ones that are popping up that are mm -hmm. like claiming to be the Zoom Info alternative for you know yeah. half the price or whatever. Right, right. And there's, I love it. By the way, competition is great for the consumer. We're the consumers here. Competition is going to yeah. drive prices down through the floor, right? And we do a lot of that too at SalesGig. We just turn around, we take one data vendor's quote and throw it in the other one's face, right? Like match it or beat it. Like, So that, yeah. that's just the nature of competition. Um, so what that looks like, the problem is if you just go to big data source A and pull out a big list of CEOs of tech companies, they probably gathered that data six months ago. Now it's sitting there. Mm. I advocate doing it the other way around where I want to go find the most up-to-date, free information possible. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn and build your list off of LinkedIn. An amazing tool, Sales Navigator. I'm sure everybody here has heard of it. Yep. You think it's expensive? It's expensive not to be able to build lead lists like that. It's one of the best sales lead lists makers in the world and it only costs like 70 bucks a month or something 80 bucks a month right like i absolutely pay for that i'd pay for that out of my own pocket if i was a rep where my manager management didn't pay for it because your time is money and you can build a lead list of people that just change jobs or people that are in a certain role right now so then step one we're going to get rid of the fact that zoom info said that colin used to work at monster voip a year ago well, now I know he has a new job at SalesCast. Now I want to talk to Colin about SalesCast. I don't want to talk to him about that, right? So I'd start with LinkedIn, and then from LinkedIn, you have the most up-to-date, okay, I've double-checked with my eyes and hands that this person works here. I can go check it up against a database, see if and are you And are you talking about doing this manually? Like uh, literally well, doing yeah. it? Yeah, like we don't, <laughs> but uh, like the. But you the can get a you can get a virtual assistant. You can get some. I mean, like there's yeah. options to do it cheap. But it sounds like you're talking about 
going backwards, like creating the list manually from LinkedIn with the most current up to date, you know, is update as current as you're going to get. And yeah, then, and then enriching it with the bigger, larger database. Uh, yeah. Like I, like people, data sources. Think that, people think the data sources are like the Bible. It's like all the truth. It's like, no, they're, they're generally bad at most of that. What they are good at is aggregating the data that's hard for us to get, which is their cell phone number, which is their, absolute correct email address, stuff like that. But they're not going to be as instantly accurate as LinkedIn, right? Yeah. If I change jobs tomorrow, I'm going to put it on LinkedIn. People are doing that now, right? Like it's becoming more, bigger and bigger. And LinkedIn keeps changing the UI and adding all these silly Instagram-like features. But it's cool. Yeah, as, as a salesperson, if you don't spend half your day on LinkedIn, I don't know what you're doing. Well, you're probably selling B2C, probably selling candy bars. <laughs> but if you're, you're a B2B seller, you got to be on LinkedIn. You got to be all over. By the way, you got to build an audience on LinkedIn, right? Um, it's not enough just to be yourself and, and put that you're an SDR at a company and think that people will want to talk to you, right? I'm a big advocate for, for building an audience on LinkedIn. So, Absolutely. And, and, and you know, LinkedIn is a whole other strategy that we can, we can dig into, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, not just connecting, but, you know, taking those conversations off the platform, actually, you know, adding value and building relationships. So many people just connect with people and do nothing or just lurk on the platform and don't comment, don't engage. Uh, you know, if there's somebody in your pipeline, like if they've made it that far in your selling process, LinkedIn should be part of your strategy of continuing to stay top of mind with them. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And by the way, um, you know, the data has kind of shown, and this is not revolutionary, that you don't need to personalize the invites. And when you use a tool to personalize the invites, people like me and others are getting ahead of that where I have emojis in my name now. So if you ever send me a non-personal, like a non-handwritten note, I know because it shows phone, phone, Kevin, phone, phone. And I'm like, yeah, you use duck soup or text text you or you know whatever there's like a hundred of these you know LinkedIn yeah now boxes. i'm okay with i'm okay with using tools to make connections and create conversation mm-hmm. but it's all about how you use it right like are mm-hmm. you using it to just connect with people and then take it offline and have a build a meaningful relationship or add value to that or are you using it to just like seek sit a sequence like here can trick you into connecting with me saying something that hopefully piques your interest. And then if it doesn't, I'm just going to throw up a bunch of features and benefits at you and hope that you'll click yeah. my calendar link. Yeah. Like book, book a call. Here's my calendar. I love yeah. those. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you? when I see the DMS that have, you know, two, three paragraphs, it's like, I don't even read it. It's just, I simply respond. No, thanks. Because I know that that's the only way to stop the automation from yeah. continuing to send me messages, yep, yep. you know, um, so I'm okay with automation to connect people yeah. and drive meaningful connect and be very mindful of like who you're targeting with that. Like, is it even the right person? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you're actually going to have a meaningful conversation with them, allow them to raise their hand and say that they have interest before you just spam them with a link. Yep. Um, but don't use it to just set a sequence and send a bunch of features and benefits and spam them with your calendar link. Like that's not the way to do it, sales hustlers. So if anybody in your organization or your leadership is telling you that's the way to book meetings, they're lying to you and stop doing it right now. 
And guess what? The the side effects of that is when you send from like if if you're a rep and you're sending a bunch of emails from your corporate domain and all that stuff, people can spam you there and like say, ah, oh, screw Kevin, I'm not going to buy from him. But it's not as personal, right? So you're burning your own personal image when you do this on LinkedIn. When you mm. when you try to sell that way, like I look that person in the eyes on LinkedIn, I'm like, ah you you know like that's, that's not good you don't want people associating you with that like cool no. sales rep, but like don't be mad at me but if you do it wrong you're not going to get the right sort of attention and the thing is is like people are going to judge books by their covers right and people and your first impression matters and if your first impression is you spamming the hell out of them on linkedin trying to get them to book a meeting then you've basically ruined your credibility, specifically with that person that could have been a great prospect for you. Yep, absolutely, yeah. And by the way, if, they, if people do connect with you, a lot of people have their cell phone numbers. If you go look in their profile at information, you can find some you know, low-key, amazing cell phone numbers. I've seen some VPs that keep their cell phone numbers in there. I'm like, oh, thanks. Ring, yeah. ring. <laughs> right? Like the whole Yeah, point. but you gotta use the number. You gotta dial yeah. the digits. How to <laughs> dial the digits, right? Yeah. So yeah. the next like piece that I want to talk about here that's like a super takeaway is hand dialing sucks. Hmm. All right, guys? Like I I'm not advocating that I want every SDR picking up their phone and going all day. Or or like even dialing on a on a VoIP phone, whatever you want to call it. Like oh, dialing man, I've heard I've heard of reps actually using their cell phone to dial and i'm like that cannot be efficient like you oh, are no. you how many dials are you making a day 10 like, right. <laughs> right and that's the reality for a lot of people unfortunately but um you know when i saw the light and decided to go so h hardcore into like cold calling is the way everyone needs to be cold calling is when i figured out there's technology for this right um technology platforms like connect and sell technology platforms like Aurum like phone burner, uh, monster connect. There's a bunch of these out there that are designed to use the phone phone numbers as a way to connect you live with people without you having to do any of the stupid dialing, like dialing phone numbers is so 2005, in my opinion, like my reps make hundreds of calls a day. Don't dial one number, not one. It's two clicks and then the software is doing it for you. And it's connecting you live to people because at the end of the day, what are we trying to do? Why are we sending these emails? Why are we connecting people on LinkedIn? Why am I calling this number? Because I want to have a conversation. Sales is right. nothing but people talking to people, right? And it's people having opinionated conversations. That's the other thing that I think a, a lot of people could think about when they talk about the cold calling is have an opinion, right? And this is why I was born for this, right? Mm. Like, uh, what's that? What's a, uh, Lady Gaga, baby, I was born this way. I was born to cold call, all right? Like, I love this because it's yeah. basically just calling, having an opinionated conversation about a topic. I'm really good at having opinionated conversations, right? Um, but having an opinion gets you to information that you need, even if you don't set a meeting. Yes. Because as Grant Cardone has famously said, not interested is a level of interest. And I think that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, but I, I sat back and thought about it for like 30 minutes. Um, I might, may or may not have been smoking pot at the time, but uh, you know, not interested is a level of interest. Think about that. Not interested means that they heard and saw you in some way, shape or form and responded. Yeah, yeah. So, now, what do you do with not interested? 
I'm curious what you do with not interested. And uh, I know what I do with not interested, but I'm keen to hear what you would do with if you're calling me and I say, Kevin, I'm not interested. You know, Colin, I speak with CEOs of companies just like yours, and they're generally interested in topics around podcasting and B2B sales. I'm curious what makes you different. Mm, you're not I like that. In that yeah, right? Yeah. I, I could go with that. I could go with that. My, cool. uh, it, mine's, mine's a little similar. So if you told me you weren't interested, Kevin, I totally understand that you're not interested. Do you mind sharing with me why? Yeah. Right. And it gets you the same result, right? Because a lot of times they think they're not interested or they're, 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 they're misinformed or they think they heard something or you just caught them at a bad time. And, you know, sometimes they don't even know why they're not interested. And, you know, figuring out why they're not interested is going to help you get them interested. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, not interested being a level of interest means on the phone, there's a moment there. And, and the way I teach my reps is, Imagine you and your buddy are walking down the street and I say, hey, Colin, we should go to the bar. And then you say, no, I'm not interested in going to the bar. And if we're friends and if it's a normal conversation, I go, all right. I walk away, right? I go to the bar. But in sales, it's my job to get you to the bar, right? Mm. So if, I, if, I'm, if, if I'm having a sales conversation, we're walking down the street, hey, Colin, we should go to the bar. Not interested in going to the bar, Kevin. We have to literally step in front. I have to step in front of you. Whoa, whoa, Colin, you don't want to go to the bar? Dude, in the bar, there's cold beer, football on TV, and chicks. You're telling me you don't want to go to the bar? Look at, look at every dude that looks like us is in the bar. You don't want to go to the bar? That's called having an opinion, right? Mm. Like having an opinion and understanding why you called that person in the first place in that little bit of friction. Yeah, little bit of friction there every time that we get into a cold call. And, and guess what? My, our statistics show at SalesGig, 89% of our conversations start with not interested after the pitch. But we wow. end up booking meetings on probably 14% of those not interested first objection, right? Not interested is a level of interest. That means that they are saying something to you that you can they don't even know if they're interested or not it's just what they've said it's just what they've said enough times to get enough people like you off the phone because most people in sales are uncomfortable with that friction or aren't confident enough to have an opinion to keep the conversation going oh yeah that's that's the hard part so the other the other takeaway um, if you're a rep doing calls, you should have two forms of not interested. Not interested, no reason given is different than what I call not interested, good no. So a good no is this whole idea, and this backs up to the global idea of account-based selling, which I think we're all doing account-based selling. If you're not doing account-based selling, what are you doing? Like, are you just like randomly dialing random people hoping that you randomly come across a great idea? No, like you're going after certain companies and certain verticals for certain reasons that might have certain business problems, right? So that's account-based, we're all doing it. Yeah, You can call it account-based or not. But the idea of account-based is if I'm a territory rep, especially, I've got my 140 accounts, 200 accounts, whatever it is that I need to go set meetings with, and I can only set meetings with these people because someone two counties over, one state over has the rest, right? Mm -hmm. 
good knows help us with this list, right? If I'm trying to sell the monster VoIP and I call and I, I don't talk to Colin, but I talk to Christopher and Christopher tells me some information, hey, I'm calling to talk about CRMs and my CRMs, the tits and blah, 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 blah. You should talk to me. And then Christopher says, yeah, dude, um, I hear you. We just signed a three-year deal with Salesforce like a month ago. Now, any any sales manager in the world doesn't want that meeting. Like, who wants a meeting with someone who just made a decision to buy a competitor? The odds of that turning into anything really fruitful, very, very low. That's a nurture opportunity, though, because now what do we know? We know they use Salesforce. We know they're in a three-year contract. Now, in this account-based model, and if you're a salesperson- You better write that down in the CRM. You We're better write you're that down. <laughs> so so I, I train the reps that the non interest no reason given is the, the, the people that do exist that after the pitch, they say, not interested, bye. And they hang up before we can go. Oh, those, th those are the best customers. Those are the best customers once you get them interested. Right. Because then right. the next time your competition's knocking at the door, click, not interested. The people right. that told me they weren't interested the first time I called are the best customers that are still with me today. That's right. That's right. They're the hardest ones. The ones that are interested right away, those are the ones you got to be careful for. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's always the idea of like, if you get in there first, you can drive the thought process where if someone's already actively in evaluation, you're playing catch up immediately, right? They're already thinking about something else and you're trying to change their mind as opposed to someone who's a blank slate. Um, but the way I train my reps is the non-interested, no reason given is anytime they slam the phone and I say, why didn't we get a meeting there? And it's like, they hung up. But the yeah. good no, there is a written explanation for it. Yeah. And we could take that back to our clients. We, rep we report all those to our clients. We give them the recordings and say, yeah. hey, here's the 30 companies. We talked to these executives. They said they're not interested, but there's good reasons why, right? Yeah. And so understand now that. You know, right? Now you know what they're using, why they're not interested, and when the right time is to check back. Yeah. So, and then th this is also something that a good nose is a celebration for us. Like when I see good nose, I'm like, awesome. And those are really good training opportunities because there's always something the rep could have brought up or an angle here or there that could have maybe led to a meeting. But I like seeing good nose. Good nose means we're connecting with the right people and having opinionated conversations. And the opinion didn't go our way. But then again, not every prospect is going to be a meeting, right? Right. So and you're increasing the quality of your list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, as sales reps, we live in a sea of rejection. You have to find positives in what you do day to day, even if it's not, I closed 100K today, I set five meetings today. The, the, the practice of doing sales the right way will net positive outcomes that are not just the binary, did you get a meeting, did you close the deal or not, right? And I think that as a cultural movement in sales and digital sales in general, will help lower turnover, make people happier, lower stress, and drive more revenue. Because when someone doesn't get their shit kicked in and doesn't feel like shit, they show up to work the next day feeling better. And they're gonna feel confident that they're doing the right things to get to the right place, right? Because you can do everything right in sales and still lose. Happens all yeah. the time. Yeah, and the best people get more no's than yeses. That's right. And every, you have every to know no, that. that. You have to embrace it now. You have to know that, you gotta embrace that. Like. Yeah. Like you just have to know when you sign, when you sign in and you click dial, you know, that you're, there's a good chance you're going to get an ass beaten and you have to be okay with that and just enjoy it. Yep. Absolutely.
Um, it's fun though. Like I, I don't know, our reps actually enjoy it because it's it's fun that you get to talk to people. It's tough when you don't get to talk to people, right? When right, like, if you're a sales rep that lives on email, and you're like, well, maybe I'll just resend this group of three thousand people another email chain, and I'll get one or two responses like I did last mm. month. We gotta yeah, get out brutal. from behind the laptop. You know, we are people, people, right? We we should be personable if you're in sales. You should be ready to have a cold conversation. Elevator pitches are easy, right? Like my, my reps train for one day on systems and processes. The second day on the job, they're making over a hundred dials. Second day on the job, right? When I was hired as an SDR at that startup that raised all the venture mo money, I don't think I made a cold call for two months. Two oh, months. Wow. Because it's yeah, you got to get that. You got to get that script perfect and listen to all the recordings and mirror people, parrot people, and you know all that good jazz, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, the script thing, you know, I could talk for a long time about scripts, but scripts are the my short thing about scripts. It's a handrail, right? Think of a cold call as you're opening a door. When the person picks up, there's one door that opens. There's stairs leading up to another door. The next door is the meeting. You can hold on to the handrail if you're not very good at running up steps, which is a lot of people. And I, mm. I call the new newbie dialers like infants, right? Infants need to hold on to something when they're going upstairs. Otherwise, they're going right. to get and fall down. But when you got a guy like me or, or a senior person who's been doing this for years, I've made literally half a million calls in the last two or three years. Like, I don't need a handrail. I know the topic of why I'm calling. I stick to the script in terms of flow. There's an entrance. Uh, like the, this idea of like like ten forty five uh, two right. So the first ten seconds earns you the next forty five, which earns you the next two minutes. Hey, I'm Kevin with Sales Gig. Do you have thirty five seconds? I can tell you why I called today. Okay, I, I earned the first ten to the forty five. The forty five is the pitch and the hook. At the end of that, I hope I get a dialogue where they say yes, no, maybe, and we talk about it. Right, and there's curiosity there. But the sales reps need to hold on to that handrail, use the script to get to the top of the thing. But when you're good enough, sometimes you only need to touch it once or twice, right? Like yeah. I, we don't want to sound like robots. We can't sound like robots. And that's the difference between us and robocallers. Yeah. yeah. We're dynamic right. salespeople. All right, Kevin. Tons of great nuggets in there. Thanks for coming on, Sales Hustlers. Uh, tons of value in here uh, to up your game, specifically around cold calling. Kevin, where can folks connect with you? What do you got for them today? Yeah, I think the number one place is LinkedIn. Um, I'm big on there. You guys can see cold calling evangelists. Uh, no, I'm not an evangelical Christian, but hey, uh, I am a cold calling member of the Church of Cold Calling. That's what, that's what I am. But connect with me on LinkedIn there, and then uh, if you if your if your firm needs to grow, salesgig.com. Check us out. Uh, fractional, high velocity, outbound sales development. Awesome. Thanks again, Kevin. And if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.